What is up, all you hooligans? Thank you for tuning in to the Taylor Price Podcast. This episode's intro music is brought to you by my friend Jordan Anthony. I need you guys all to click the link tree in the description to go support my friend Jordan. He is a wonderful creator, a great artist, and he makes really hilarious YouTube videos. He went to the Minnesota State Fair and interviewed everybody that he could find and accidentally ran into Chet Holmgren. We're going to have to talk about that on a future podcast. But thank you guys again for tuning into the Taylor Price Podcast. And the intro music is brought to you by Jordan Anthony. Taylor Price, my guy. All right, what is going on, all you hooligans? My name is Taylor Price, and you are listening to the Taylor Price Podcast. If you're tuned in on YouTube, uh, welcome. I mean, we're going to be here for the next 30 to 45 minutes talking about stuff that I care about, and hopefully you do too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I have to get off of my chest. And the first thing, it's been two days since the Vikings lost to the New York Giants. And that is one thing that I don't think I'll ever be able to stomach. Um, This year was one of those years, you know, where I had a lot of hope. And I even talked about how dangerous hope is being a Vikings fan. And I guess, you know, going into the playoffs, you have to realize that the, the point differential was one of those big things that kind of pointed to maybe the fraudulency, that's even a word, of the Vikings. You know, how how fraudulent they were going into that playoffs. As a, as a diehard, it breaks my heart to say this, but we were not prepared for teams that came out with a good game plan against us. We were we were good at at certain things throughout the year that helped us in those close games. But in the games where we were getting beaten down, we never figured it out. We never, besides that Indianapolis game, there was not a whole lot of like big, big, like glaring comebacks. Like there were always tight games that we were in. And when we got blown out, we got, we got destroyed. So it's just something that you have to to own up to. And there's, you know, the lot, a lot of the blame is going to go on Kirk Cousins for this. And for maybe a good amount of reason because of that last play. I'm not going to say that that was the greatest decision. He could. I mean, if you look at the play from behind, if you're watching it from his point of view, you, you will see that there's just not a lot there. I mean, you didn't have very much downfield, but with your life on the line, you don't throw it past first down marker. I mean, you even if you, if they intercepted the game's over. So I understand his thought process of trying to be a little bit safe and conservative, but you don't have any timeouts. You need this first down. It is the only thing that you should have been looking for was something past those markers. There shouldn't have even been any routes that were that shallow. Uh, I mean, the defense is going to be looking for that, but you got to do more. You know, I think um, something that Kevin O'Connell said on the radio, if you're, in the Minneapolis area, you're able to listen to KFAN. You're able to hear a lot of those interviews that happened after the fact. And um, something he said 
was that they were, you know, they were one play away, you know, they were one possession away. I think that's a very, that's a very honest opinion. But at the same time, I think he's, he's overlooking some very glaring issues. I don't think he, I don't, I won't say, I guess he, he overlooked them, but he wasn't as, he was very dismissive of it being just the defense or just the offense. Like there's three things that I think need to happen for the Vikings. If they're ever going to be a successful team, they need to have a solidified defense. That is no doubt. Like they're some of the best teams that have ever won the Super Bowl all have a defense that can, that is as formidable that is shown to prove themselves you know when the time is when the time is dire when it's when it's needed something the vikings never i feel like have ever had they even had the purple people eaters and yet you know not having an offense that matches i mean obviously you're you're asking a whole lot i mean we're we're asking for the vikings to be the complete team which they've never been but a whole lot of incomplete teams have won the super bowl with defense and that's one of those big things that you just we need to invest more in. And uh, I don't know if Kirk Cousins is also the answer to our problems right now, but I'm going on too long about it. There needs to be more done. I think Kirk Cousins guaranteed all that money should have looked past the first down marker, but um, the whole game is is a microcosm up until that point because of the one play that's going to define that game. Most most of the time there are there are plenty of times in playoff history when there's one deciding play that either good or bad that decides a game and the whole game before that gets forgotten. So a lot of the times people are just going to put that blame directly directly on Kirk Cousins. It's just for that one that one last play and I understand it completely. So but with that being said, I mean, it, who who would I rather see in purple and gold? Who would I rather see, you know, repping the Vikings and taking those snaps under center? There's going to be some questions about another NFC North quarterback, namely Aaron Rodgers, two-time MVP. What are what are they going to do with a guy like him who has said that he wants to? I'm pretty sure he said he wants to play. If you watch the Pat McAfee show, you watch his interviews with him every single week, you can kind of tell that there's still a little bit of a fire left in him. And he has a lot of athletic ability left. I mean, he showed it this year. A lot of his frustration came from the, the disconnect with the wide receivers and, and other, you know, miscommunication, maybe with the play calling and stuff like that. But the Packers were almost, I mean, they were a couple possessions away from making the playoffs with a team that maybe would have gotten beat just in the first round. So, I know Packers fans will probably disagree with that, but you got to make the playoffs to answer that question. You know, the Vikings did make the playoffs. They did win the NFC North with a very, very interesting 13-4 record. But with the the amount of, I don't know, I guess the amount of times that I've seen the Packers run the table in the end, I always thought that they would have. That was kind of a tough way to go out. But the Lions, man, the NFC North is fun. To watch right now. I mean, besides watching the Bears, I mean, even then, excuse me, Justin Fields, he makes it. He makes Michael Vick, uh, ghosts come out in my mind. Like he, he, he looks to me like the next, uh, you know, Vick 
like quarterback. Him and him and Lamar Jackson have this this shiftiness when they get outside of the pocket, and that's something I wish Kirk Cousins would do. If I go back to Kirk Cousins again, if I could see Kirk Cousins roll out more, that would be amazing. That would be the greatest thing to see on turf. You know, in the in the U.S. Bank Stadium, would be to be like, dude, this dude getting out of the pocket a little bit. There's there's plenty of times when I've seen him just sit there and take a shot where like I think if he just shifted out of the pocket a little bit more, giving himself a different window, he didn't he doesn't have to take that shot. Now, who, I may be wrong. He is one of the best at delivering the ball under pressure this year, and has made some of the best throws this year while taking a shot and in critical times. So I will not downgrade that part. He has been A plus in that scenario. And that's great. That's a great quality to have. But we also need to see a little bit of, you know, another wrinkle. Another wrinkle to the game for Kirk Cousins would be the maximizing his mobility. We, he's shown that he can move and get past the first down marker. I like that he is very direct. He doesn't make a whole lot of shifty moves. He gets to that first down marker. He knows the, the marker and he gets there. But there's something to be said about knowing when to move out of the pocket and creating a new window. I mean, if you're outside of the pocket and your blocking is good, I mean, you're going to have people downfield with, and you're going to be able to see the whole field without anybody in front of you. So, and maybe I'm just talking out of my butt, but really want Kirk Cousins to be a quarterback that can rely on, but it's been a couple of seasons now of him doing very similar. This year I thought he grew a little bit more. Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, but if he's going to continue down this path of, you know, it seems like his path is like that of, the past was the path of least resistance. How can I get the stats? How can I get the touchdown without getting hurt? Now it's like, hey, I'm, a, I'm willing to take that shot. I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm muscular. I'm strong. I'm, I'm accurate. But it, it, you know, match that with play calling and, you know, IQ of the game. You got to have all gotta have it all and i you know i never played quarterback at the high level so it's 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 a all conjecture from from me but i want him to be a successful quarterback that's where this all comes from i want him to have the qualities that lead the vikings to the super, to the super bowl something that mvp like quarterbacks like aaron rodgers have you know those things those intangibles and um i mean you can't you can't grow them out of thin air but you can learn how to Use what you got. And I think he has done well at growing with that, but there just needs to be that next step taken. You know, If you want to be the elite quarterback, you want to be that quarterback that is worth the money, you got to do more. Um, and I think he he has the opportunity to do it. He's got maybe one more year to kind of prove it before there's just going to be kind of a collective like, hey, all right, well, this guy is going to be this type of quarterback we got to look in a new direction. And I feel I feel for him because he's been in a couple of situations that haven't been as fruitful, especially when he was in Washington, um, to kind of like help, you know, promote his skills. But he did have a great year. Like before coming to the Vikings, he had a great year. So hard to say. This has been a very Viking-centric 10 minutes. I mean, it's a it's it's something I feel very passionate about. It's my team, you know. It's hard to watch a team that you love play so well throughout the season and then just not 
I mean, the Twins are notorious for that too. But with the whole offseason this week, you know, we got Carlos Correa back. How did that even happen? He, he fails two physicals, is always telling his agent that he wants to stay in Minnesota because of how he was treated. And I don't know if that's true. I read that somewhere on Twitter. I found that on Twitter where I get most of my news. But Carlos Correa, somehow a Minnesota twin. And with the New Jerseys and the way the new look Minnesota twins, does that reshape how the franchise changes their outlook of what they do? Now that they can say, hey, we attracted a big, a big market player. I mean, that physical is always going to be in question. So, like, his value is always going to be in question. But he's a big market player. And um, having him here means that the Minnesota Twins might be able to attract other people. I mean, Joey Gallo staying or signing a one-year deal, not staying, but signing a one-year deal. The Minnesota Twins have a lot of hope, but it's a bullpen and a and a starting rotation that need to be solid. They need to be the most solid they've ever been because we've proven that even just hitting a bunch of home runs doesn't win you championships. You got to do more. When you get to the postseason, you got to have clutch pitching. You got to have, you know, the qualities that made you a World Series team in the past. I mean, back in 1991, before I was even born, y'all had the same qualities that made a good team. And you just have to, you got to look back at certain intangible things, just like in in football and any sport, that make a winning team. You got to have those qualities and just, you got to live them every day. It's like like a code of conduct. It's not even a rule or a law or anything. You just have to live it every day. Feel for the, you know, the Vikings. I feel for the, you know, the fans. But, I mean, we got hope, you know. Hopefully this Minnesota Twins roster can, Show that the summer is worth watching some sports here. The T-Wolves have been doing crazy good, too. I went to a T-Wolves game and watched them beat the number one team in the West. They beat the Nuggets last time at home with a hampered team without Carl Anthony Towns or D'Lo. Now, that was a very rough game, too. So, which, you know, I'm recording this on the 17th of January. I've been on hiatus, man. I've been in a mental rut. Of just like, I'm planning a wedding. I am trying to create for the Complete Athlete podcast. I'm trying to do more gaming content. And I've just been, I mean, MLB The Show is in such a bad spot. I don't even like playing it. And I want to get on and do content. Like I do every day. But then as soon as I get on, I just get this anxiety. It overwhelms me. I'm like going on different tangents. I'm good at that. But like, content creation and everything so is why I've been kind of in a lull. I want to create good content. I always want to put out my best my best work, whatever it is. But um yeah, I've been in a mental rut. So like even with this um end game moonshot event and all this stuff that they've been doing on MLB the show, it's just hard to get out content and then also do podcasting and produce a podcast and have a nine to five. And have another side gig. I did. I found another side gig. So it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm adding a lot onto my plate, but I need kind of need that. The the more I'm not doing something, the more restless I get. And I'm glad that I have a lot of things on my plate because that means big things were coming. I was talking about that a long time ago about big things were coming, and now here I am. I'm getting married. 
And that's a big one. But professionally, I'm trying to move up. I'm trying to make this a reality. How do you make that a reality? I mean, you got to put in more work. I got to be more consistent for you guys and for future sponsors, especially if you're watching this, if you're, um, you're a sponsor and you're thinking, oh, this guy is, uh, he speaks somewhat well and he thinks he knows what he's talking about most of the time and his voice sounds okay. Well then, hey, maybe I'm your guy, but let this be known. I used to sell beauty products and I don't know anything about foaming cleanser. I know nothing. I would just sell that stuff on, at road shows in, in Sam's Club. Was it fun? No. But did I sell out of my product? You're damn right. It was kind of easy once you kind of figured out what to do. All I, had to, all I really had to do was figure out the reason why people wanted it. When I was selling beauty products, I thought, I'm never going to be able to sell this. No one's going to buy foaming cleanser from somebody who doesn't know what it's about or even I don't I still don't even remember the brand. Like if you ask me to this day with a gun to my head, what was the brand of the of the facial scrub that you sold at Sales Club? Well, what is it? Are you gonna die? I'd be dead. Just blow my fucking brains out. I don't know. Sorry. Swearing too much. But besides the point, I didn't know anything about it and I was able to sell out of that product. And it's just because I figured out why people needed it. Most of the time when you get a facial, it's more expensive because you're doing it at a salon and you have to do it twice a month because dermatologists recommend that. And that was a thing that, you know, I, I found out, a fact that I found out. You need two facials a month for healthy skin, like men and women. Doesn't matter. Any gender. Not, there's so many. So, any, anybody out there, you need two facials a month, right? How much are they at a salon? hundred bucks. That's 200 bucks a month. Multiply that by 12. Cause you got to do that 12 times a year. That's $2,400 just to keep your God dang face clean. That's ridiculous. So what was I selling? I was selling a year's supply of it in a bottle. So a year's supply of facial stuff, a facial scrub that you can use twice a month on your own face for 60 bucks or something like that. I don't remember the price. Don't even, I don't even remember the brand. But that was able, that was able to get me, like my, get my foot in the door and get those people that were sitting on the fence to kind of hop on over to my side and be like, yeah, this is a product I'll buy. And it's because of stuff like law of averages, some stuff that they don't talk about until you're like really in marketing. But if you're if you're working with law of averages, that means that However many people you're talking to versus how many people you sell, there's like a ratio, you know. You talk to a thousand people a day, they're expecting based on the law of averages that you're going to sell like eight products. And I was like, that was off their numbers or something like that. If I remember correctly, they were thinking that if I could talk to a thousand people in a week that I would get eight sales and then if I did that every week that I would sell out of my product in three months. And I was like, that is... That is a terrible way. I want to be able to sell out of my product as quickly as possible, make that commission as quickly as possible, and move on. Like, I want to, I don't want to be on this product anyway. So, I figured out the best way to sell it so that I could sell out of it so that I could move on. That was really the mo- motivating factor was so that I could not have to sell any more of it. I didn't want to. So, here I am in Sam's Clubs 
selling beauty products. And I, at first I didn't know what I was doing, but then once you move on from that, once you learn how to do it, like I did all of a sudden I'm selling a lot. And one day I call my boss cause I sold out. I got nothing left and I go to the back and she hadn't even gone over this, like how to get more product. It's, it's normally at the office. So I would have had to drive back to the office, grab a bunch of it in my car and bring it back. But I had never done that. And she didn't even expect anybody to sell out. So she never taught anybody how to do it. Nobody had ever sold out of the product. And when I sold out, she's, I call her and I'm like, Hey, what do I do? I don't have any more product. I need to do, I mean, do I go home or like what? I got a customer that really wants to buy some and I don't have another bag. So she tells me, she's, what do you mean you're out of product? Of course you have product. Just go to the back. It's at the pallet. I said, no, like the pallet's empty. I went to the back. There's none left. And she's like, I'm, I'll be right there. And then hangs up the phone. Doesn't even say bye, nothing. Doesn't tell me where she is. I think it was like 10 minutes later. And I'm just sitting there chatting with this old lady. Like, hey, maybe she has some product. Maybe she'll even bring some. She's not texting me back. She's on her way here. We'll figure it out when she gets here. She gets here and she comes storming in. This is a short blonde lady. She was in her like early 30s too. So she was a very, she was a very sweet lady. And, uh, but she was, she was pissed at this point. Cause she's like, this this dumbass can't even find the product. So we, we go to the back and we go to the pallet, the empty pallet that's got her like signage on it or whatever. And she's looking around for a worker. She finds a warehouse worker. And is like, where's my pallet? And the guy's like, well, what are your numbers? And she gives him the numbers and he goes over and he finds the empty pallet that we had, I had just shown her. And he's like, yeah, this is it. And she goes, this can't be it. There's no way. This can't be it. He's like, no, this is your pallet. See the numbers on the side. And he twists the pallet over and he sees, shows that the, the barcodes match. And she just shockingly looked over at me and was like, go home. She didn't know what to do. She literally had no clue what to do. She had never had anybody in the history of her marketing company sell out of their their product before the contract ended. She never even had anything planned for that. She didn't know what to do. So I told her that I had a customer waiting and she said, I might have some in the car. We put together a package and came back, gave her the product. I, I went home. And it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I had to be there until eight o'clock. So I went home and she told me I got paid until eight, even though I didn't have anything to sell. So for the next, I think it was like two weeks, all I did was secret shop my coworkers. And this was the best part. I had to secret shop my coworkers because since I was so good at my job, she wanted to make sure that she didn't have to watch them and then I would be able to help them because maybe some of my wisdom would rub off on them. But also then they wouldn't be so scared because they're looking for her. If they see her, she's, for some reason, she's the worst secret shopper. Like you can't, if you're a boss, get get people to secret shop for you. I'll do it for you. If you ever need someone to secret shop, absolutely. And I can help them learn how to sell their stuff. The, the best part about it was this one girl and this poor girl, she just doesn't need to be in sales. She needs to be in like data entry or something. Something where she doesn't have to interact with anybody because I felt so bad for her. My boss looked at me and told me, she said, just make sure she's standing in front 
of the products. And make sure she's standing in front of the stand. Make sure she's just there. Because apparently this girl would start to talk to people and get so nervous, mid-sentence would just stop talking and run away and just leave like a thousand, maybe $2,000 worth of product just sitting there for people to take. I mean, yes, they can't walk out because it's got a barcode and everything and stuff. It's like, but there's other stuff there. There's other things that like, you just don't walk away unless you have a reason, unless you put up a sign or something and like take the product or hide it or something. So it was my job just to make sure she stood there. And not even five minutes after I got to the Sam's Club that she was at, I I walk in because I took my time getting in there and walking the aisles. And I could see her when I walked in, but I like took a long way to go around. I went towards like the produce section. I acted like I was shopping. I started throwing stuff in my bag. I kept kind of peeking over and I thought I saw her. I come around. It had been five minutes and she was gone. And I call my boss and I go, yeah, she's not in front of it. I don't know where she went. I literally walked around for five minutes and she's already gone. So she calls her and I find her next to the water fountain, which is like, like hidden away from in this Sam's club. I feel so bad for her. You know, the poor girl just really couldn't, really couldn't talk to people. I feel there's a lot of times when public speaking is most people's fear and I understand it. Because I have a fear of singing in front of people. And I know that I am at least trained somewhat in music. I can't read notes, but I can at least parrot when somebody sings something. And I I don't think my voice is that great. So I'm a little self-conscious about that. I don't like doing it in front of people. Even if I'm well-practiced, even. Like, I, I don't even like singing in the shower too loud. So, but talking in front of people is easy. I don't know why. But for some people, they have that fear. And maybe for her, sale, like I said, sales is just not her forte. She just needs to find a job like cutting hair. Oh, that's still de- dealing with people. Shit, I don't know. A job where she doesn't have to deal with people. She could be a librarian. Check people out in books. I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for anybody who has a problem with that. I would love to help you with that if I could, too. Speech is something that I, I guess I've never had a problem with. Giving a speech you know, I usually try to memorize it if I can in my own head about what I want to talk about. I don't even write down everything word for word. And that was, that was a problem. That was a problem for me educationally. I couldn't even formulate my thoughts unless I said them out loud. And back when I was in high school, we didn't have like voice to text where I could just like ask Siri to write down all my thoughts. And she was pretty, Siri's pretty accurate if you talk some somewhat coherently and you can kind of fix the words. I didn't have that. That would have been a godsend when I was growing up. So I don't know. There's got to be there's got to be a way for you know, people growing up to kind of learn the, a better way to speak. And I think nowadays with every kid wanting to be a content creator, I think that's going to be easier. But I'm 29. It you know, it wasn't something I was good at at first too. It took a lot of practice. So, I mean, I was even in like school plays and stuff like, well, one, one school play. And either way I had a monologue or something like that. And it was just like memorizing. That was the hardest task because I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to memorizing my speeches. I was usually just so up here and memorizing the topics that I wanted. So having to memorize like a, 
like a legal speech like I was in law and order was something that I I had never done before. I had my script up until like the day before the first performance, opening night, because I was so, so bad. There's never been a time in my life when I was able to memorize an entire speech by just looking at the words. I don't have a photographic memory. But if you show me something, I can do it. So all, all I had to do was kind of memorize the motions that I wanted to do. And I think that's where all my memorization stuff comes. You just got to show me how to do it. I'll be able to do it after that. But I've been ranting for so long. I mean, that's 30 minutes of just unadulterated, unfiltered, and, well, frantically not so coherent thoughts from your boy. Taylor Price. Well, like I said, you guys are tuned into this because uh, you know you like hearing what I have to think. But I'm definitely here for adding more guests and adding more microphones, getting more regular people on the podcast. My boy Jordan, hopefully Kev Brado. Hopefully we can get more people on that will help add flavor to this podcast. But solo dolo as it goes right now, which is totally fine. I got a lot of things working behind the scenes that'll help promote the podcast as well. So keep that in mind with you guys. I'm going to be doing more, uh, kind of more exposure stuff. It's going to, it's, I'm going to keep that under wraps what my third gig is, but, um, the main one I want you guys to, to, you know, focus on the, the main thing that is powered by, uh, by me is the complete athlete podcast. If you guys could tune into that, uh, I'm going to leave, in the description, a link to the to the podcast over over at the Complete Athlete Training YouTube channel. I mean, that's where I'm only posting it. I really want to keep the audience only on YouTube for that because it's a pretty much video only podcast. But we got a lot of guests on there. We got some D1 athletes. We got some D2 athletes. We got some 16U national team bullpen boys. I mean, we got we have a lot of great guests that you're gonna love, and you're gonna see more personalities. More actually. You're going to see a lot more personalities in the future from that podcast. Complete Athlete Podcast is something y'all better be tuning into if you're a fan of me because that is one of my biggest passions right now is growing that. Um, growing this is fun. I love doing this. I love talking to people. I love people that interest me, and that's going to be a thing that I'm always going to do. But that Complete Athlete Podcast is where a lot of the inspiration for this even came from. So I was talking to Gabe, I was talking to uh, my brother, and I was talking to some of the other guys there, and I was like, it's just, they need someone to p- promote this and have them sitting in front of microphones like this so that they can uh, expand their message. They're, um, they're doing great work here in Minnesota, and I feel like there could be just so much more done um, behind the scenes, showcase what they do, uh, promote them. I mean, so if I can help them grow, if you guys can help me grow, I'll appreciate that. I mean, then maybe that's my, maybe that's the part of this video that I'll post uh, on, on other, you know, a short or TikTok here of just like, I need your guys' help, right? Like, I need you guys to help promote not only this podcast so that I can produce more content for you guys, so that I can give you guys a lot more interesting stuff. Like, I want to be able to talk about anything, but then also get people podcast that you guys think are interesting. Somebody that out there that maybe you guys want to see uh, talk to candidly about stuff that's natural for them. I, I really don't care what we talk about. I want to get 
nitty gritty with anybody who wants to be on this podcast, who has a presence out there that really wants to uh, grow their image as well, because I love promoting. I love helping people. That's one of those things I am good at is marketing. And that's maybe a message for anybody who's out there who's a sponsor as well. You know, I can, I said that earlier in the podcast, I can definitely help market. I know a lot about how to talk to people and help make things interesting. So that's something for the, for you guys out there listening to this podcast, you know, to help me out with promoting the podcast as well. Cause you know, it does take, you know, a village to really grow this thing. I want to, I want to give back when I can. I've been trying to do a charity MLB the show 22 tournament and not a lot of people wanted to do it because the game is, it's kind of dry and I don't think interest is there. So with that being said, if, if I'm going to be able to try to do those things, if I'm going to be able to put up, you know, an interesting like idea, I'm going to need, you know, more of you guys to help, you know, shout out these creators and, and, Get this message out there that there is a lot of good things brewing here at the Taylor Price podcast. There's a lot more that that meets the eye than of what I'm doing here. This podcast itself, just this episode, is going to be one of those things that you know I think is a pivotal moment in this podcast. Like if you're listening to this right now, and and you've been tuned in maybe the whole time, and that's the hardest thing is getting people to stay tuned for the entire episode. I want you to help promote this. I want you to like and subscribe. I need you to. In fact, I'm demanding you to. If you want to see more of this podcast, you better be liking and subscribing this this episode because I am here for you guys. I'm here to promote and do more things that help you guys. You know, I love promoting anything that I think is interesting. So if you guys have something out there that you think is interesting, send it my way. If you have questions, if you have some Maybe you want some advice on how to market something better. I'll do my best. I mean, I could even give bad advice. I'm probably pretty good at that too. I've fallen on my face a few times. Um, you can't see it, but I've broken my nose one to four times, I could say. Something like that. It came with some concussions too. And uh, when you bonk your head a couple of times, you just start to lose color and not really remember everything that you're talking about. So with that being... With that being said multiple times, I want to thank you all tuning in. The new year, it's 2023, so this is going to be a fun year of content, and I can't wait to help promote you things that you guys like, as well as the Complete Athlete Podcast, as well as what I'm doing here. So, if you guys enjoyed, if you guys want to see more, obviously hit the like and subscribe button. And anybody out there that wants to help promote or be on this podcast, by all means, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, maybe just comment in the in the comments below what you guys would like to see and maybe a guest you guys would like for me to try to go out and reach, reach out to interview. Um, there's a lot of people out there, so content creators and otherwise. <laughs> but uh, this has been Taylor Price of the Taylor Price Podcast, the egotistical name for an egotistical podcast. You hooligans have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time. Take care.